0: Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, we've been talking about NIL and potentially the regulations that could be coming to it. Now we've got a couple of conference commissioners trying to start that wheel rolling. We'll talk about it and talk about all the things that were said by the Big 12 and the Pac-12 in this latest report here on Locked On Big Ten. You are locked on Big Ten your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get into everything that the Big 12 and Pac-12 are saying about their attempt to let Congress regulate NIL. But before we do that, Bet Online is helping us bring you the show today. Bet Online can help you make sure you're making the smartest picks when you're putting your money on sports games. As far as sports gambling goes, Bet Online can be your one-stop shop for information and lines. We'll talk more about Bet Online in just a little bit. All right, let's talk about what's going on here because it works really well with what we've been talking about as of late. NIL and name, image, and likeness money has been thrown around over the last few months willy-nilly and now... It looks like pac-12 and big 12 commissioners are going to congress to at least try and get some regulations here on this they're looking for some sort of as it was first reported nil mandate to try and make sure that they can at least put some sort of control on the money that players are making here because as we pointed out with jacob yesterday whether or not you like it or not the nature of like a nigel pack going to miami because the ni deal was in place is not the nature of what NCAA rules were trying to do here. They're trying to get away from pay for play. And there are some players who are already getting very, very close and walking that line. So whether or not you think there's reason to regulate, whether or not you think things should be regulated, I wanted to talk about it before because it seemed pretty obvious that somebody was going to try and stop this to some degree at some point. I didn't know it was going to be a report coming out right after we talked about it, about the Pac-12 and Big 12 getting together to try and do this. But I'm very, very interested, of course, now in what's going on here and really, really interested by some of the things I heard in or read, I should say, in this reporting coming out of ESPN. Because some of the words coming from George Kliavkoff K-L-I-A-V-K-O-F-F, might have to get locked on Pac-12 on here to talk about this. The words from him here in reporting with ESPN yesterday make this seem like, man, this isn't going to work for the NCAA really well. Let's dive into exactly what this is. uh, uh in a statement and again subsequent interview with espn and reporting coming out here earlier last night and this morning it was announced and this is a direct quote from pac-12 commissioner george kleofkoff quote i've been invited to meetings with several senators tomorrow that would be them today when you're listening to discuss the issues we're seeing with name image and likeness and with the existential threat this this is pretty good the existential threat of our student-athletes being deemed to be employees and i want to be very very critical of course with that word choice existential threat uh, he phrases it that if he means existential threat to the athletes that's not what it is no not at all the athletes are going to be just just fine by getting all this money no 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 it's existentially threatening to the ncaa to potentially the money that these schools are getting to pretty much everybody who has been having power in ways that you might think is wrongfully so when you talk about this free labor kind of stuff. Those people who have been taking advantage of that thing, oh yeah, that is a big, big existential threat to them, this NIL stuff. But as far as the players go, no way. No, 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 no. Again, it's phrased in a way that makes it seem like the student-athletes will be harmed in some way by this happening, but no, it is not a threat to the athletes themselves. It's a threat to their eligibility or maybe status of what you think a student athlete is absolutely but as far as what they are as players of the sport no this nil is not going to change that at all it might change some of your stupid little rules but it will not change who these people are as athletes moving on kliafkov goes on to say quote we're also interested in discussing all of the harm." Again, this is more just stupid stupid like propaganda kind of stuff coming out of the NCAA to try and get people to at least normalize this, I guess. Uh, he said later on, quote, we're also interested in discussing all of the harm that will come to student-athletes if they are deemed to be employees. What is that? Because I see I see that quote. I see other quotes like it, but I don't see an explanation there. I don't see that harm. And I'm sure there's all sorts of theory and things like that and stuff that has been made up with the numbers about what exactly all this harm is and if i actually asked someone i would be able to find some sort of a response but it just seems like all smoke and mirrors to me now a few years ago this was commonplace right and maybe that's why it looks so stupid now on the ncaa side because it's changed so quickly but just a few years ago this was the argument yeah these are student athletes these are amateurs if you give them money you are ruining the culture of amateur competition that seems so, so foolish now. Now that these players are getting money that, again, a lot of people argue they deserved all along, and it's, again, not really even affecting the school's athletic budgets. This money is not coming from school's pockets. It's coming from uh, around in local areas and investors and things like that and businesses and other stuff. But as far as what this is and what it is to a threat to a student-athlete, there is no way, no way <laughs> That you could argue some of the things that the NCAA is trying to uh, not only argue, but just pass along as fact. They're just saying, uh, of course, it's going to be hurtful to the student-athletes if they're no longer student-athletes and getting paid. You have to remember, this is a group that the Supreme Court shut down in a 9 nothing decision not too long ago. All justices agree that what they were doing to college athletes was wrong. Do you know how insane that is? To get all nine justices to agree on something nowadays, nonetheless something against someone so powerful and with so many, many influencing factors as the NCAA, this is not going to go well. I feel like the NCAA knows this isn't going to go well. I feel like the Pac-12 and Big 12 in doing this know it isn't going to go well. But I do feel like they're just trying to get a foot in the door here. They see the ballooning, they see it getting out of hand already, or at least out of hand according to what they believe. And they think that at the very least, if I I can get the foot in and get some sort of, at least say or seat at the table, then we can start to get this thing regulated in any way. But I don't think the way that they want in any way whatsoever. So we'll see what ends up happening and i'm really really interested to see what exactly goes on with these conferences in particular because as we said yesterday i think it's kind of smart that the big 10 has been keeping its name under the radar in this nil stuff we haven't seen a lot of the headlines about a nigel pack coming to a big 10 school for a car and a bunch of money we still think it's happening but i think it's smart to not be one of those schools being flashy about it right now also really smart to not be one of the conferences that are going to conference at the, uh, Congress at the moment, too. Conference, Congress. It, it definitely looks good to let those two conferences be the bad guys here, if you are looking and seeing what exactly all this is as it happens. So, a weird, weird situation. We'll see if Congress does anything about it. I don't know. Based on what they've done before here and most recently, I would imagine nothing. But I've been surprised before. The worst part of all this is that the NCAA could be very helpful here, could save itself, quite honestly, if it just wanted to play along a little bit. But that's not really in the interest of what this organization or these conferences are trying to do. I'm going to talk about more there here in just a second. But first... BetOnline is your place to go for all of your sports gambling needs, whether it be to get information on your bets, actually placing those bets, and getting all of the different varieties of bets that you could ever imagine. BetOnline has the answer for you. It's anything that you could possibly want to make sure that it's a one-stop shop and you're not searching all over the place to try and get all the information. BetOnline is where the game starts. Head on over there right now and try it out. All right, let's get into what we want to talk about here about the future and what this means for the future of NCAA sports and all that. Again, we knew that there was going to be some sort of at least attempt to regulate this. And if this one doesn't work, there will be another one. We know that until whatever it is that we decide is the new normal. But at least at the moment, the conferences and the NCAA and maybe the schools at some point are fighting this at least a little bit. Because, again, the nature of NIL was not to be pay for play. Allowing players to get millions of dollars as they played sports is, of course, something that's valued and good. And it was welcomed by, of course, everyone on our side of things, maybe not so much on the NCAA side. But the object of it was never to actually have someone going to a school to play because of the money that was there. It was supposed to be you get to a school and then you have opportunities to make money. But, of course, that's sellable. The recruiting trail and NCAA, and now these two conferences aren't happy about it. In the abstract, though, I feel like the NCAA has a chance to save itself here if it would just give a little bit, but it's not really, really willing to do that. If the NCAA were to come up and say, Hey, this is awesome that players are getting money now, we understand the benefits here, and we want to help along a little bit, while also keeping things organized. Let us come in and put in place the ground rules for not just NIL, but for pay for play and for all of that in a way that makes it so everyone's getting theirs. But at the same time, we can try and figure out a way to make it the most fair for all the schools top to bottom. That's something I believe schools and conferences would be genuinely interested in. And it's something I think if the NCAA did, it would be able to do in a way that would allow it to keep power. Because let's face it, right now the NCAA is facing a threat on its life. There is an existential crisis here. But as I mentioned, it is not toward the athletes in these programs or the programs themselves even. They're spending the money. The person and organization being threatened is the NCAA. Because if they don't figure out how to get this at least somewhat under their control, the money is going somewhere else. It's already gone somewhere else. And the NCAA is seeing its grip on what it has here slipping, slipping away. If the NCAA were to come in and say, hey, let us work with you. Let us find these guidelines. Let us work with all the conferences to do this. Right now, it's really the only organization that has that kind of power to get all of those conferences together to at least try something along those lines. If it got it done, in my opinion, the NCAA is the ruling power again. And right now, that's going away. It's still there now. But I mean, could you really argue that five, ten years from now, with the way this money's blowing up, if they don't do something, is the NCAA really going to matter that much anymore? Again, organizationally, it'll still be there. But if it really wanted to help itself out, if it really, really wanted to be useful, to be quite honest, it could help these athletes and these schools try and figure out how to do NIL the most fair and competitive way. Instead of just doing what it's always done, and to be quite honest, to give them credit, doing what's worked up until just a couple of years ago, without question, they just push back on everything. Brick wall of defense, you are not getting a single inch because we know if we give it to you, you're going to take a mile. It's already been done with this NIL stuff, and now the NCAA is just locking it up even, even tighter. They see and feel the power slipping away and they want to hold on as tight as possible. I don't think that's the best strategy here because the money is not in your favor. If you get it back on your side, that's when you got a chance, NCAA. And again, it's not the NCAA even doing this. It's the Pac-12 and the Big 12 at the moment. But that would be my pitch. If I was someone taking in, I would say, hey, we lost one. We lost around here. But if you want to stay in the fight, let's work back and at least try to get back at the table right now. Because at the moment... These conversations are being had without consultation. Mark Emmert's retiring next year. Aside from that, you have not heard any news out of him since this happened. Maybe opinions, maybe things that he said, but as far as actual action, nothing. I think the NCAA is very aware of that, and we'll be trying to change it soon. Back in on Locked On Big Ten, wrapping things up. Before we let you go here today, of course, some news on things you may have missed across the conference yesterday. We've got all sorts of Big Ten Athletes of the Week, and it starts with our Boat of the Week. Rowing names a Boat of the Week every single week this week. It's Iowa Women's Rowing 2nd, Varsity 4. All Big Ten Women's Lacrosse teams came out yesterday. I won't name all of those names. Maryland led the way with eight All Big Ten selections, three of them unanimous. Uh, all or all Big Ten Players of the Week in track and field. Ricoy Brathwaite of Indiana, Track Athlete of the Week. Kostas Zaltos, Field Athlete of the Week on the men's side for Minnesota. Ohio State Jamie Robinson is the Track Athlete of the Week on the women's end. And Adrian Dumont de Chassart of Illinois was named Men's Golfer of the Year. Of his 11 tournaments, 7 he finished in the top 5 and finished 2nd at the Big Ten Championships. And finally, Ryan Ramsey of Maryland was Big Ten Pitcher of the Week and with some historic context, too. He had a perfect game against Northwestern, just the 20th nine-inning perfect game in NCAA baseball history. Congratulations, of course, to him. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more here on Locked On Big Ten on everything going on throughout the day in Big Ten sports. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for tuning in here to Locked On Big Ten. And once you're done here, tune in to your school's local Big Ten podcast. We got one for schools throughout the conference Go ahead and search it and check it out. I'd be willing to bet we have one and an expert on your team every day.